All right, let's get ready to leap into another episode of the Minimalist Podcast. I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite live events. We did it in our hometown, Dayton, Ohio, and it just feels so great to come back. We've done a lot of events in Dayton and to have the hometown support that we did. But I felt really great about the event. It was at the University of Dayton. And the reason I felt great about it is we got really great questions. We had a very diverse crowd and we answered some questions that we don't typically answer. And it just felt really good. In fact, the first question from Julia might be my favorite question that we've ever had. And I just want to say that, wow, we really salute you, Julia, for coming up in front of what was probably a thousand people at the University of Dayton and asking that question. You were so brave in asking it. And hopefully we did a good enough job trying to adequately support you in the changes you're making in your life. And man, I I just want to acknowledge you. You did a great job and you were truly brave getting up there. And with that bravery, I know some amazing things are going to come for you really soon. All right. That's enough maundering on now. I hope you enjoy this live episode of the Minimalists podcast. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Live from the University of Dayton, my name is Joshua Fields Milburn. I am Ryan Nicodemus, and we are live in Dayton, Ohio. If someone's listening to this at home right now, um, this is amazing. I remember our first tour stop in Dayton. There were six people there. Well, actually, there were eight people there if you count me and Ryan. And it was at Press Coffee House, which is right down the street. Yeah. And it's uh, certainly one of our favorite coffee shops in, in the entire country. Um, all of our books were edited there. And I can tell you something weird about the University of Dayton. I, um, I, I used to just walk around campus. I lived not far from here at, at when, before I moved away. Um, uh, and I would walk through South Park to, to get here. And I would just walk around campus and write. And I write auditorily because I'm weird. Um, but all of our books were sort of written on this campus, which is it's really great to, to be back here. It's a beautiful campus, and it's certainly one of my favorite cities in the world. So thank you all for being here tonight, because I know this place seats like 500, and there are a billion people in the hallway as well who are just standing out there. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much for standing out there. And Ryan, before, before we dive into the questions, are you just going to let Randy outbeard you? Yeah, that's how it has to be, man. <laughs> Wait, hold on. what am I going to do? I'll be right back. <laughs> well, give me five minutes. You're just going to take him out of here and shave his beard? <laughs> All right, well, we're here to answer your question. So you can go ahead and step on the mic. Let us know what your name is, where you're from, and your question. Hi. Howdy. Um, I'm Julia. Hey, Julia. I am from Cincinnati. I currently live in Fairfield. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I lived in Cincinnati for a while. It's okay. <laughs> um... My question, I'm looking more for words of encouragement than a question. Um, For people who, um, so what I'm going through right now is that I am trying to move on to be a single mother in my life. Uh I have an eight-month-old son. 
Um, and his father wants to be in his life, and I'm more, I'm so for that. Um, okay. We argue constantly. Yeah. As I've dug deeper in my journey of minimalism, I have come to find that our values are just totally different. Good for you. Um, and it's really hard, and I'm really scared. Yeah. Um, my. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What, and, uh, what are you scared of right now? Right now I'm scared because I've been with him for five years. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. But, but you don't want to be with him for five more years or five more decades. And we just like. had a little baby together. Who, sure. Yeah, my parents have been together all my life, so I kind of have that expectation to, to give that to him too. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I, I can tell you that my partner, Rebecca, um, she was, uh, so her and I were, have both been married before, right? And uh, my marriage didn't work because I eventually found out I had neglected it for so long and our values weren't the same. My former spouse is an outstanding person. Every time I'm in town, which is three or four times a year, we, we go have coffee or we have a meal, we talk. She has brand new twins now and a new family and I'm fully supportive. We're like great friends. In fact, we have a better relationship now than, than we did when we were married. I hope that we could get to that point sometime. I think, I think you can. Nice. Uh, and, and, and not always, but it sounds yeah. to me like if that's what you want and if that's what he wants, you definitely can. Now, here's what I'll say. There's a cooling off period. Yeah. And, and, and that period for me may be different for you. I know for me it was at least a year and a half, two years of, of, of intentional distance so that we could both live our own lives. It didn't mean that, that we were completely out of contact. And for you, I mean, you, you can't be. You, you have a kid together. You know, thankfully, we, we didn't have a kid together. My partner, Rebecca, um, she did have a, a daughter with her ex-husband. And I, I can tell you this. Um, she probably knew for a long time that it wasn't right. She was felt something was off. Their values certainly weren't aligned. I think their interests weren't even aligned. In fact, I think that's often one of the problems that keeps marriages together. But um, People have similar interests but different values. Yeah. And so they can sort of skate along for a while. Uh, comfortably, and comfort is one of the biggest problems in a relationship. We get really comfortable, and, and that's really what you're, you're afraid of right now. Your, your fear, it sounds to me, is fear of loss and, and, and fear of discomfort. I think we're all, it's one of the things we're all afraid of is pain, right? And it's clearly a painful time that you're in, Julia. And, and what I will say is the moment that Rebecca knew that she no longer wanted to be in that marriage is the day she had her daughter. Now think about that for a moment. You've made the biggest decision of your life is to have this kid with someone. Um, and it's not that you don't love the person and, and there's the, the cliche, you're not in love with them or whatever it may be, but it, but it, it may just be that that was a season in your life. And, and I have a friend, Rob, who, who always talks about something's for a reason for a season. And this has been the current season. And it it wasn't all bad, is my guess. There are lots of great things about it. And so there was a reason that it happened. And obviously, you have a kid, a, a boy or a girl? Boy. His name's Joshua. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will just pretend that it was after. After his dad. <laughs> ah, wait a minute. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the father. Um, I guess college kids don't get the Maury Povich <laughs> reference, or do they? I, um, anyway, um, so here's the thing that, I, that I'll tell you, is your values are different right now. Yeah. 
And maybe you didn't know what your values were before. Not and you need all. to get really clear on what they are. Um, you may already have a vague sense of what your values are. Um, I can tell you, Bex, my partner and I, we, we go over our values all the time. And we, we talk about what our foundational values are, what our core values are, what our minor values are, and then all the, the BS that we pretend are values but really aren't, things that we think are, add value to our lives. And when you move on, you're going you're gonna to be moving towards something better, and you need to figure out what that is. Because right now, you're running away from something, and that's okay if it's negative or toxic or whatever. I don't, I don't know the, cir the circumstances of your relationship, but, but you don't just want to run away. You want to have something to run toward. And I don't know what that is yet for you. I'm not saying run into another relationship. That's, that would be terrible advice. Um, in fact, I, I didn't find... I didn't find the person I'm with now, and she didn't find me until we stopped looking. And, and instead, started living a life that was congruent with what our values were. And then, you know, sort of magically, that, that person showed up for me. Um, I don't even know if that's what you want. You, you, and, and I think, you know, with her, she was like, I just, I just want to get out of this, and I want to be single, I want to live my life in accordance with the way I want to live it. And I think if you do that, a, a lot of great things will come. Yeah, um, I will say, I know it's really hard, but I want to say congratulations with what is happening right now. Because I think what happens often, um, and I've totally been there, where I've been in a relationship and there is the, um, the arguing, there is the uncomfortable part of a toxic relationship. And then you think about leaving and then there's this feeling that comes along with it those are two really bad choices to have. What I'll say is that the choice you've made to move forward, like this is a very important decision, not just for you, but, but for your son. So congratulations on, on taking that leap. I know it hurts right now, but I, I promise you, it, it will get better. And you do have to have a mourning period. I mean, that you are having um, you know, a, a metaphorical funeral for a relationship that you really uh, that you had, you had an expectation in your head and now you're, you're letting that go. And that's okay. Um, the encouragement uh, that I will give you is you are, you don't even know it, but you are at the start of creating a, a beautiful example for your son. And if you continue to make your short-term actions align with your long-term values and beliefs, like that is, that is going to rub off on your kids. Um, you know, you can't tell your kids what to do, but you know, your kids are watching you. They're very, very keen on what you're doing. So um, you are starting a new life, and it is difficult. Um, no one likes change. Uh, change is always uncomfortable, especially this type of change. But you are doing the right thing. And, and like I said, keep, keep, uh, keep those short-term actions aligning with those long-term values and beliefs. The one thing I, I do kind of want to add, too, is when it comes to the relationship with your ex, like, yeah, right now, um, there's going to be a cooling off period. Um, but, you know, once it cools down a little bit and you have an opportunity to form a different relationship with him, right? Because now this is, it's like you're the father of my child uh, and now you're forming a new relationship with him. Go out of your way to really respect him because that is going to, uh, in turn, help him. through the Tara process. Yeah. Yeah. Help, help, yeah. help him respect you. And, and you know, um, and again, I've been totally guilty of this in past relationships where I have such visceral feelings that, that, I mean, I'm just so hurt 
that I want to hurt back and that I don't respect the other person and that I will say things just to dig. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you, I have, um, I, I have switched that around where now if someone offends me, like I go out of my way to respect them because at the end of the day, like that is the only way to get someone on my side. It is not to fire back at them with something that's going to make me feel good in the short term, but, but burn a bridge. Um, and, and, and going out of my way to show someone that I want to treat them like an adult, uh, that usually gets me treated like an adult as well. I like that. That's a positive perspective. <clears throat> yeah. So um, you're, you're definitely doing the right thing. And I, and I think you 100% have a chance to create at least a, an amicable relationship with, you know, with your ex still um, by, by showing him respect. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate it. Let's give a hug. Howdy. Hi. This What's your is, name? My name is Riley. Um, I'm from St. Louis, that place you guys haven't visited in way too long. Oh, it's, man. it's been a few years. <laughs> you know. um, so, preface, I've listened to all the podcasts and like everyone talks about the hair. But uh-huh. like the hair. <laughs> and I'm going to have a Kanye moment here and say, like, everyone always says Josh's hair is perfect, but Ryan, my man. Oh, what dude. What going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's part of the rules. You have to have awesome hair to be a minimalist. <laughs> you're pulling yeah, it you're off. T- you're totally it. pulling it off. No, <laughs> okay. thanks for the compliment. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Um, thank you for what you do, and thank you for coming. Um, so my question for you is, I've gotten to a place where I've been a minimalist for a while now, and I have a lot of growing to do, yes, of course, but I'm at the point where I'd like to help others kind of reach that. So I don't want to be minimalist number three by any means, but how can I do a better job of like evangelizing, if you will, to others so that they can see? Because there are some people where I can look at them and I can see that the, there are obvious benefits that it would help sure. their lives improve, but I don't want to look up to someone and say, you need to get rid of your shit, guys. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. How and- can I be better and more humble about that, I guess? You know the story I told a moment ago. Um, it's not like I leapt up and said, look at me, Ryan, I'm becoming a minimalist, and you have to, too, if you want to be my friend. Um, and in fact, I didn't really look at him and say, hey, you've got all the stuff you need to become. He actually came to me, and he asked, why the hell are you so happy? And, and so you, your question about evangelizing, I, I, I wouldn't use that word, yeah, and, or, or even like proselytizing. Like, Ryan and I aren't proselytizing right now. Like, we don't hope to convert any of you to minimalism tonight. Um, you know, there's, there are certificates for sale out in the hallway, though. <laughs> Official minimalist for 1995. Um, no, I mean, I, it, it, I think it's a highly individual journey, and, and my version of minimalism looks different from yours, looks different from Ryan's, looks different from someone else's. In fact, I think minimalism may not be, be the answer for most people. It, a lot, for a lot of people, it just has to do with simplifying something. And so I think the best way to evangelize is to, to, live, that, to live that life and to show people the benefits. What are the incentives for them as opposed to the, the what? Because we all know what, the what. Everyone in here knows how to declutter their closet. That's why you never see me, me and Ryan write an article like, here are 17 quick tips to declutter your closet. Like, I think that stuff's so vapid, and it's actually part of the problem in many ways, uh, with it, because most of it's not done well. And, and if you just declutter, you're going to just fill the space up again if you don't know why. And the way to know why is you have to know what the incentives are for you. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's more time for creativity. Maybe it's more time for your friends and family and loved ones. Maybe you, you 
want to pursue an entirely different path in life and being untethered to your previous lifestyle will allow you to do that. And so it's showcasing the incentives as opposed to telling people what they need to do with their own stuff. Yeah, I certainly like don't ever introduce myself as, hi, I'm Ryan, one of the minimalists. <laughs> Um, or even when someone asks you, like, hey, Ryan, what do you do? I'm a minimalist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be... Well, it's just... It's a, I think it's, like, the most, like, perfect and imperfect word. It's, it's imperfect because it creates a certain connotation. Like, you think... When I first heard it, I thought Stark White Walls. And then he shows me Colin, who carries, you know, everything he owns in his backpack. And I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, I like having a kitchen table... I can't fit that on an overhead, like, uh, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I think for me, it's, this whole journey is not about, um, for me, it's, it, it's not about, like, just, Josh and I are telling our story, we're the minimalists, great, all of you should be minimalists, and tell your friends and family to be minimalists, I mean, that is not what I hope to get out of this, um, that's not what I hope you guys get out of it, like, w- what I hope is that it helps people to a, stop the, the chaos that goes on in their mind. I mean, we see 5,000 advertisements a day. A day. It's more than a million a year. Like, some of that rubs off on you. And it's very difficult to get it out of your head. I like to think minimalism kind of helps us filter through the noise. Once, once uh, you know, someone gets past the noise, like, for, for me, this journey has been, it started with the stuff. Um, it started, or then it led to me becoming debt-free, and now, like Josh and I, we try to contribute beyond ourselves in a meaningful way as much as we can. Now, we still have to keep a roof over our head and, and, and pay bills. Um, so we still need to have jobs and, and make money. Um, but money is now the opportunity cost for us. Um, you know, Josh and I, <laughs> we were talking about this earlier today. I'm like, dude, we should just do advertisements, sell out, make a cool three million by the end of this year. <laughs> and then, yeah, like that would not, then I would just be the king of who gives a shit, right? So, you know, what, what I hope um, that what this really does for people is, is, is helps them, uh, gives, it inspires them to, to contribute to their community. I mean, I was doing a radio interview not too long ago, and the guy asked me, he's like, what, do you expect like the whole world? I mean, at, at its precipice, does the whole world turn into minimalists? And I'm like, no, the whole world starts to uh, put other people first instead of you know, doing something uh, that they don't, that doesn't align with their values and beliefs so they can get that new you know, iPhone 8 or whatever it may be. So uh, what I'll say is, is that if you really want to help other people, you can go do that without even talking about minimalism. I mean, there's the soup, there's a great soup kitchen here in Dayton. Um, love working with House people. of Bread. Yeah, love working with people at House of Bread. Um, there, there's great uh, Habitat for Humanity um, uh, organization here. So that, that is really, like if I was in your shoes, that's what I would go do. Um, I don't know, like in Missoula, I help out, um, uh, well, we just moved to LA, so I don't do this anymore, but I will do this in LA. <laughs> Um, but when I, when I was living in Missoula, um, up until the end, I was helping out the refugees that we had. So, you know, for me, um, this minimalist thing is not about like, okay, buy less and be happy. It's, it's want less so you can focus more on your community and less on just selfish endeavors. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Howdy. Hi. What's your name? Marina. Hey, Maria. 
Um, <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from here in Dayton. Cool. Yes. I'm probably going to babble a little bit, so I apologize because <laughs> my heart is pounding. I'm super excited. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Um, I got divorced last year, and I was looking for... Congratulations. Everything. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't get that a lot, but Wait, this you. is a Catholic university. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so... I'm going to get Sean. Don't things. worry, don't. John, Sean will bleep it out on the podcast. <laughs> um, Sorry, Maria, I've derailed you. okay. No problem. So, yeah, I, that was like a really big part of my life, and it was over, and I was looking for anything, direction, inspiration, and... I came across your blog and it totally changed my life. And so I just, I really want to thank you for thank you. doing that and being here. I, I seriously, I have a post-it on my refrigerator where it has the five mottos, which is the relationship, growth, oh. health, contribution, and passion. And I look at that every single day and it, it really is a drive for what I aspire to be. So thank you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you have no idea what that means. Like oh. that, that feel, like it could be just you who, who got something out of this and it would make it worthwhile. Good. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I just have a quick question because I've listened to your podcast like every week and um, I, it seems like you guys never really argue about anything. Like you may have disagreements, but like it doesn't come off that way. And so it's funny you say that, that we, we actually argue more on the podcast than anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, I like the verbiage you use though. Because I'm like, because she's like, you guys don't argue on the podcast. So I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> but she said, no, that we have disagreements. Yeah. yeah. And I totally agree with you. Like, yes, we, we don't argue. We have disagreements. Yes. And yeah. And, but you know, you've talked, I think you've talked about how you have like, you may have similar values, but you also have differences. And so I'm just wondering when you do have those disagreements, like how do you reconcile those to kind of, you know, get to a good point? I mean, sometimes it just means that we agree not to dive into certain topics. Uh, politics and religion. We both have different political beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we voted for two different people in the last election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, you... <laughs> I just really like... We get a much more, like, stark reaction <laughs> in most crowds. Uh, yeah, but by the way, there were more than just two people to vote for, just so y'all know. <laughs> This is true. Um, I wrote in Ryan Nicodemus. <laughs> Wait, so then we didn't vote two different people. <laughs> um, and, and we have uh, different religious beliefs, and so we, we tend not to dive into that unless it's something that we know um, that we can share and, and, and discuss. And so maybe it's not even disagree always. Sometimes it's just like, discuss. What are your views? Ah, that's interesting. Here are my views. And I'll, I'll often ask, what are your views? But yeah, we're, we're different. We have different personalities. Um, one of us is late all the time. The other person respects the other person's time. <laughs> um, I'm with you. <laughs> I won't say which is which. And... and, 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 and I'll tell you that sometimes you just, I think, I think part of it has to, has, to, has to go to being radically honest. Now, I, I differentiate honesty from transparency, right? Like, I, I will be completely honest with all of you here. I won't be fully transparent. I'm not going to give you my social security number, right? I'm not going to put a camera in my bedroom so you can see what I'm doing. Like, that's full transparency, and none of us want to go that route. But if it serves the greater good, or for when Ryan and I interact, if it serves the good of our relationship, then we have to be brutally honest. We also have to be able to accept 
th that candid honesty. Honesty, and so I think more than anything, it starts with that sort of acceptance um, of who he is, warts and all, and who I am, warts and all, and and not just accepting that, but embracing it, appreciate appreciate that person for who they are. Yeah, I think the other thing too. Um like I was saying earlier, when I have conversations with people and if someone disagrees with me, I go out of my way to um, show them that I at least respect their point of view. And Josh and I do a really good job of that with each other. Um, we don't hold account of like, well, you know, ah, he made me mad and, you know, he wouldn't agree with me on this one point. Like, I can't recall anything. Um, I just don't hold account. If something comes up, it's because it's in the moment, but I don't sit there and stew on any disagreements that Josh and I have. I think that is huge to to not hold account. Um, but yeah, the uh, going back to the, the the respect piece of it, that is the only way that you're. Like I said earlier, it's the only way you're going to get someone to agree with you. So I think about when I was raised. I was raised very religious, very very religious, and I remember uh, that I would go out and I would like have Bible studies with other very religious people. And I was thinking to myself like, oh, I'm going to have this Bible study with them and I'm going to bring them to my side and I'm going to show them why my spiritual beliefs are real. And we would have a Bible study and we'd start going back and forth. And anytime that person tried to get me to their side, all it did was it like cemented me in my religious, it made me feel even stronger in my religious beliefs. So just looking at that as an example, um, that has never worked. Like I've never converted anyone over. I, you know, the whole years that I was uh, religious and having Bible studies, like I never actually converted anyone because I was always trying to pull them over to my side. Kicking and screaming. And that will, people hate change. They hate being changed even worse. So now, you know, again, like if I have a disagreement or an argument, um, I, I will go out of my way to show the person that I respect them because I know ultimately, like if I do want them to be on my side, like agreeing with them in some way and showing them that I respect their opinion, hopefully will help them do the same thing with me and we can still have a very amicable relationship. Josh and I disagree on a lot of things, a lot of things. But the fact that we go out of our way to, uh, to try and like use those really as kind of learning lessons and, and yes, accepting and, and getting to the point where we appreciate each other's differences and not holding account, we can have some good disagreements and, and, not, and not get too out of hand. Would you like to see more crazy <laughs> arguments on the podcast? Some more drama? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're like life. throwing popcorn at me or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, th there are times where, where, where I just have to let go of being right. I mean, sometimes you realize you... The, the... I'm glad that worked. Um, uh, in all seriousness, though, like, we get in our minds, like, when we start to argue with anyone, it's like, well, I'm right and clearly this person's wrong. And I realize if I let go of that, that need to be right... Um, well, here's a pithy thing for you. Sean, you can write this down for the show notes or whatever. Um, you can be right or you can be in love. And I realized that in my, my relationships, and I don't just mean like intimate love, but like I love Ryan. He's my brother. And, and sometimes that need to be right can hamper a relationship. 
And so letting go of that need allows us to communicate better. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, y'all, quick interruption. If you want to listen to our bonus episode this week, as well as all of our past bonus episodes, head on over to theminimalists.com and click donate at the top of our website. Each week we publish The Minimalist's private podcast exclusively for our Patreon supporters. This private podcast shows up in your normal podcast feed like Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you use. And it shows up right next to our normal weekly podcast. You know, the one you're listening to right now. And being a Patreon supporter also gets you first access to the best tickets to all of our live events, as well as access to our monthly private live stream video, which is called Ask the Minimalists Anything. It's worth noting that none of this money goes to me or to Ryan. Instead, we're using your contributions to build a new podcast and film studio in Los Angeles so that we can create more meaningful audio and video creations. If you already support this podcast, thank you. I know that $2 often doesn't sound like a lot of money. I mean, it's less than a cup of coffee, but it is your support that keeps this podcast 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. And if we can just get 2% of our audience to support this show, then we'll have enough funds to produce some amazing new creations. Your support is truly appreciated. All right, y'all, back to the regular show. Yeah, and so before we, we, we jump out of here, I want to thank uh, a couple folks. One is the man behind all the minimalism. He's our podcast producer, editor, I mean, pretty much everything. The man behind everything. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Hardy. Yeah! We love you, Sean. We call him Podcast Sean, uh, but he really is. He's our tour bus driver. He is our tour manager. He's an all-around outstanding guy. And I want to thank the Sustainability Club. And, and Sarah, thank you for, for reaching out to us. Yes, Wherever Andrea so much, is right now, I saw her back there somewhere. Thank you, University of Dayton. Yes. And one more thing. If you leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Yeah. Thanks for your time, y'all. Thank you so much, Dayton. Hey, Josh and Ryan. This is Daisy from the Philippines. I wanted to answer uh, Andrew's question. Andrew, the group leader of, uh, uh, of your Denver group, who asked you a question about being a leader on the 106th episode on limits. So I lead groups of 5 to 20 people a few times a month, usually in formal sessions and meetups where we discuss uh, topics where we, we all have a common interest in, so for church, for conferences, and, and various things. So I wanted to share how I've learned to do this effectively over the years. I should add, Andrew, that you're probably doing a good job, a better job than you think you are, as each leader has a different style. So just take my tips as ideas that you could try when, when um, you're confused about what to do. So I usually start each meetup by giving the group a little overview of what we're going to be discussing, how we're going to do it. And then once everyone's on the same page, I'll start with a statement on the, on the topic and, you know, throw out a question. So I'll give a short opinion of my own uh, on the topic, even if it's just something like, it sounds good to me, but I wonder if it's 
applicable in blah 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 and and then I'll I'll look at one member and I'll say what do you think and usually that gets the ball rolling after the uh, a person says something then another one um, has something else that they want to say I'll I'll observe people and if they look like they're just shy but they have something to say I'll ask them if if they have something to add to the to the table and if it gets quiet then I'll throw out some other questions so generally I I list down different things uh, questions or opinions that that I've uh, I've accumulated from 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 the topic or or I guess with your meetup from from the podcast or or post that that you guys will be discussing so after everything's done there's generally been some meaningful conversations and I'll summarize all of that along with possible ways to apply whatever has been discussed and all I can say Andrew is it's all about being laid back and going with the flow I find that when you're open and like ready to have fun and and to share the members of the group also start to open up they, they and that's that's generally what being a leader of the group is all about it's not really about knowing more than all of all the members because generally they actually know know a lot on their own but it's more on on nudging them to share all these things so that everybody in the group gets to you know ab- absorb and process the topic in a deeper way Hi, Josh and Ryan. This is Lynn recording from Sydney. I just want to share a minimalist life hack with you guys regarding Facebook. I have lived without Facebook on my phone for a while now and and log in maybe twice a week to check for any updates. One feature that I really like is that you can push the subscribe button to the pages that you would like to prioritize. Simply click on the subscribe button on any page or friend and prioritize how the updates are shown in your feed. And of course, prioritize those you don't want in your feed. This makes your feed so much more relevant to you and your interests. Hello, this is Opal from Sydney. I'm responding to the individuals asking about Christmas, as there seem to be a lot of dread and feelings of obligation. I wanted to let people know that you can actually minimize Christmas. It was a long time coming for myself. I gave away my tree and precious decorations a couple of years ago and often my pre-motherhood me had scheduled overseas trips for an easy excuse to avoid Christmas. But as I started raising a family, it had become less easy to avoid Christmas in my own soft ways and I felt more obliged to give my children the so-called joy of Christmas. But this year I finally had the confidence to communicate with my family and loved ones that I was not interested in Christmas and would no longer be participating in it and that I would prefer if people respected my wishes in also not including my children in the Christmas consumption rituals. These conversations started in April and were often long and deeply intimate exchanges about values, lifestyle and my own personal dream of what kind of mother and woman I wanted to be. Despite my great fears and anxiety about questioning this deeply held tradition in my family and society, I was completely supported by everyone and I now feel rather liberated and much closer to my family. 
so far it has been the best December in my life. I feel that by not needing to pretend with my children aged 7 and 2, it has also brought my enjoyment of motherhood to a whole new level as I now feel more in alignment. I have my integrity back because I value honesty and it really didn't feel good lying to my children. I sincerely respect everyone who does celebrate Christmas. It is just that for me, it has never been in alignment with my values and beliefs. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it so take your eyes away, or take 